in his hand. And his sole objective for Israel is to kick the Romans out of Jerusalem and reinstate the Davidic kingdom that was so prosperous under David and his son Solomon. That's what they're looking forward to, and it's just not what he came to do. His mission from the beginning of time was set in stone, and it had nothing to do with being a conquering king, at least as they were thinking about it. He didn't come to conquer. Be careful of how I say this. He didn't come to conquer, to kick the Romans out of Jerusalem. He came to conquer sin. And while he wants nations and people to come to him, everyone, it's open to everyone, right? We were the first. The church was the first all-inclusive entity. We think a lot of, of inclusion today. Everyone's welcome, right? Everyone's, um, we, want to, we want everyone to come in, right? That's our culture. We want everyone to come. That didn't start with us. That started with the church. Jesus started that. He was the first one to say, everyone's welcome. Now, to be a part of his family, you have to abide by his rules, right? It's just like you have rules for your children. Uh, don't play in the street, right? <laughs> Those are rules that are for our benefit. It's for their benefit. He has the same type of rules. He says, worshiping idols is bad for you. Well, why? I really like it. That's what the Israelites would say in the Old Testament. I really like it. There's no power there. You're talking to a tree that you cut down and you carved up. There's no power. There's no authority. It can't do anything to save you. When, if you cry out to Yahweh, He can. In fact, He's the only one who can save you. And so, Mark, in the last eight chapters, which we're, we're, we're bringing our series here to a close soon, uh, over the next couple of weeks probably. Um, but from Mark chapter 8 to Mark chapter 16, he's trying to get you to see who is the Messiah. What did he come to do? And reacquaint our minds with, um, he's not a conquering king so much as he's a suffering savior. All right, let's start in verse 53. And they led Jesus to the high priest, and all the chief priests and the elders and the scribes came together. This is his trial, so to speak. Um, if you were um, sitting in the audience that day and you knew Jewish law, you would have been scoffing <laughs> at, at the mockery of justice that, that these people are about to enact. Also, I want you to notice he's going to jump back and forth from Jesus to Peter throughout this, throughout this section. Uh, and we'll talk about why he does that, but I just want you to notice, maybe underline, where he does that. And he does it here in verse 54. He jumps back from Jesus, back to Peter. And Peter had followed him at a distance, right into the courtyard of the high priest. And notice where he's sitting. He's sitting with, with, I think that word's important, with, with the guards and warming himself at the fire. Now, the chief priests and the whole council were seeking testimony against Jesus to put him to death, but they couldn't find any. So they are looking for people to lie about him. But they can't find anybody. <clears throat> they weren't just seeking testimony against him. That's not what Mark says. They were looking for people to lie about him. False testimony. Now, at camp, ironically, this week, we talked a little bit about the Ten Commandments. And one of the Ten Commandments is, do you know this? Don't bear false witness. Now, Leviticus tells us that if 